following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Okay, so we're going back to Luke chapter 14 today, uh, verses 12 through 24. And we're returning again to, um, to Jesus at a dinner party. Uh, that was um, put on by a prominent Pharisee. So we started talking about this dinner party last week, um, and we're continuing that discussion. So again, that's page 874 in the Pew Bibles, if that's helpful to you. So things are not exactly going according to plan for this, um, for this Pharisee and his friends at this dinner party. As um, Jesus had already pointed out their, um, their hypocrisy and pride, uh, with the healing of a man uh, with dropsy or edema um, that they had brought in as, a, as kind of a setup to catch Jesus um, and with a parable about the consequences of elevating yourself out of pride. Jesus had knocked these guys down a peg. And now Jesus goes on um, with instruction for his host and another parable about another banquet. Um, and in this text, Jesus also gives um, a warning and an invitation uh, to those who had ears to hear. So let's look at that together, starting at verse 12 of Luke chapter 14. He said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many, and the time for the banquet And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to the servant, Go out quickly to the streets and to the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my banquet. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we are grateful for your word this morning. We're thankful that you have preserved these words for thousands of years for us to read. And they're just as they were first written. And the meaning is the same. We pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom to see that meaning, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would apply these truths to 
to our lives. We pray now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would speak. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's start with Jesus' instruction to his host in verses 12 through 14, kind of break this in half. He said also to the man who invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, I want to stop right there. Um, That sounds kind of formal. Uh, In the original language, it means when you have a lunch or a dinner. Like, not, not dinner or dinner like we have in New England, that it could be lunch or it could be supper. It's lunch and dinner. In the first century, Palestine is two meals a day, not three. That's, I think, uh, the guy who invented breakfast, his name was Kellogg, um, <laughs> the most important meal of the day. He's also the one who said that and sells cornflakes. Um, so first century, two meals a day, all right? Um, and so Jesus' instruction is when, when you invite people over, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the cripple, the lame, the blind, and you will, be, you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Now, clearly, from a plain reading of the text, those, uh, those of you who had plans of coming over for lunch today, uh, plans have changed. Is that what Jesus is telling? Is that what Jesus is telling this man? No longer invite your friends over. That's off the table from now on. No, not really. Um, I don't believe that was Jesus' intent at all. Just as we talked about last week, motivation is key when considering things like this. It's not whether or not you invite your friends or your family or neighbors over for lunch. It's why do you invite your friends or your family or neighbors over for lunch? Jesus says, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you and return and you be repaid. All right, so we've got to read the whole statement to get at the intent. Is Jesus condemning having friends and family over for dinner? No. He is condemning doing good for people motivated by a craving for advantage. If I do good to them, they're going to do good to me. If I invite my rich neighbor over to my, you know, humble estate, he's going to invite me over to his palace, right? We're going to watch the Patriots. Oh, maybe not. This should have been three weeks ago. That's <laughs> true. It was. You're right. So the, the motivation is what can I get out of the deal? Right? Uh, this is clearly not generosity. This is a commercial transaction. I'm going uh, to ele- try to elevate my social standing and my influence in, in, my, uh, in my culture. Right? In comparison, Jesus said, when you give a feast, invite the poor. Invite the crippled. Invite the lame. Invite the blind. And you will be blessed because they can't repay you. You'll be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Right? Doing good for those who can't repay you has better rewards, eternal rewards. And it's been said that recompense from man and reward from God seldom go hand in hand. 
you're doing favors for people that can do favors for you, generally the Lord is not uh, going to give rewards for that sort of thing. You're going to get the rewards um, in this life. Jesus was instructing his host to to exercise generosity to those who can never repay versus scheming for advantage and paybacks. It's pretty straightforward, really. It's easy to understand. Now, if you're interested in looking further into what Jesus meant uh, by the resurrection of the just, um, you can look up um, Revelation 20, verses 5 and 6, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 16, and 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 23, and study them on your own, because that's not our main focus for this morning. I don't want to get distracted. I sure can. Uh, Revelation 20, uh, verses 5 and 6. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 16, and 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 23. And again, don't just take those verses. Read the whole chapter. In fact, read the whole Bible. You'll get it. <laughs> it might take a minute. But. And uh, if you didn't get those, I can, I can get those to you after. So Jesus' instruction uh, to his host, right? Do good to those who can't repay you not just those whom you can benefit from. Now, at this point, um, somebody at this dinner pipes up with what appears to be like some kind of a toast almost, right? Like a weak attempt to retake the room from Jesus. Like Jesus has been saying some things we're not really comfortable with. Um, that, and, and, and when one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Hear, hear. Right, everybody, raise your glasses to that little toast, right? What's he saying? Yeah, hear, hear. That's us, guys, right? Blessed is us. We're terrific. Don't you think so, Jesus? (laughs) Whoops. Uh, Now, I know that we have the advantage of standing outside of this event Right and reading these things, and we can see the beginning from the end um, of, of these events. And before we really get to react to them, I, that's I tend to read the whole thing and then go back and react rather than um, anyway. I, but I can't help to think, how dumb can you get? Right, Jesus is going to rip you up, buddy. And that is exactly what he did. Blessed is everyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God. Uh, Not so fast, buddy. Not so fast, fellas. You praise your blessedness thinking that you're going to be at that table. The truth of the matter is you refuse to come to the feast. But he says to them, Jesus says to them in verse 16, "A a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. Now, this is is customary um, for two invitations to go out to big banquets. And this is uh, seen a resurgence in our culture today. The first was more of a, like, save the date. There's going to be a banquet on Saturday at some point. Don't make plans. Uh, except for coming 
coming over on Saturday, right? Save the date. And if you accepted that invitation, somebody, somebody would be sent out to you to let you know that the banquet is now ready, the soup is on, so now you can come over, right? But those who were invited refused to come. That's the difference between our save the date cards. The first invitation was accepted, and then they were told, now's the time. But those who are invited refused to come. Verse 18 says, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen, five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Now, these are reasonable excuses, I guess, but they're really saying, I don't want to come. Thanks, thanks anyway, right? Their minds are on their livelihood. Their minds are on their relationships, and they allowed those things to hinder them from coming to the banquet. Uh, just like those men, many who have been invited to the ban- banquet table of the Lord have allowed earthly-mindedness and the love of this world and what it has to offer to hinder them, to hinder their acceptance of this invitation. Those who were invited in this parable knew what was right, and they chose not to practice it. This was, and still is, a warning to the religious Those religious folks to whom Jesus was first speaking, they had the law and they had the prophets. They had the entire Old Testament, the first invitation to a true saving faith. That was the first invitation, and they had it. They had to memorize it. And then Messiah Jesus comes, the Lord's servant that declared to them, the banquet is ready, the time is now, come to the table but they're full of excuses and their focus was on the world and their focus was on their stuff. Those religious folks to whom Jesus is now speaking are in danger of mistaking our familiarity with what Jesus said with genuine faith in who he is and what he did. We are in danger of having faith in ourselves or faith in our knowledge of the word our faith in the church, and not true saving faith in Jesus Christ. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet. John chapter 1 verses 9 through 13 says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. 
But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus' own people rejected him. Those religious leaders and teachers who should have been the first to recognize Jesus as Messiah rejected him because he wasn't the kind of Messiah that they wanted. And so the invitation went out to everybody else, to the outcasts, to the sinners, to the tax collectors, to the prostitutes, to the blind, to the lame, to the deaf, and to the Gentiles. Praise God for that, because that's us. Friends, that's us. He has made rich provision for poor souls like you and me. And he has graciously invited us all to join him at his table. But that's not just an invitation to come and eat. That's an invitation to come and die. To lose yourself. To die to yourself. To bow down and to submit your will and your life to Jesus. This invitation is not to those who think they are righteous. That's who the warning is for. This invitation is to those who know they are sinners. The question you have to wrestle with is, have I heeded the warning? And have I accepted the invitation? Am I trusting in my own effort? To secure a place for me in God's eternal kingdom? Or am I trusting in the one who died on the cross in my place? Because I can't get myself there. It's only faith in Jesus. If you find yourself asking the question, well, what do I have to do? What must I do to be saved? How do I get into the banquet? I would tell you, as it says in Acts chapter 16, verse 31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this invitation, this warning this morning. And I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would be at work on our hearts whether we with those uh, religious folks are counting on our own effort to make us right with you, whether it's the, the minutes we count spent in your word or the times we attend church services or all the different books that we read, whatever it is, Lord, remind us of the truth that it's faith in Jesus, trust in the Savior that saves. You've done the work and your work is complete. All we need to do is trust you. Lord, for those who hear the invitation, that recognize that they are sinners in need of saving, in need of forgiveness, I pray that they would simply turn to you in faith to trust you. Your work on the cross was for them. Your death on the cross was in our place. 
and we would submit our lives to you. We would die to ourselves and follow Jesus as Lord. We're so thankful that you made that possible by your amazing grace. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.